Welcome to episode 61 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership. And I'm your host, Yo Canny. This week we are talking forgiveness, a topic that can have a lot of charge, so I wanted to see what we could learn about it. In episode 60, I gave a list of gratitude I had for all the bosses of my career, and my ability to get there was working through some resentments and getting to the point where I could forgive. And things sure happened to us, like being laid off, which I was, often. <laughs> of the 12 jobs I had, not including the four years as a consultant, I was laid off six times. And one of those, I was laid off two times from the same job. Okay, I know you're sitting there going, it's like going back to a bad boyfriend that promised to change and didn't. And eventually I did learn <laughs> not to go back. Anyway, it was hard in those moments and the things that happened to us to forgive. So I wanted to dig in and learn more. And of course, I found the perfect book, or I should say workbook, to help us explore the topic of forgiveness. The Forgiveness Workbook was written by Dr. Eileen Cohen, better known as Dr. Eileen, and provides a step-by-step -step process with lots of writing prompts to help you along. And I'll cover some of the process, but not the writing prompts in this episode. And Dr. Cohen is a psychotherapist, and you can learn more about her at DrEileen.com. And I'll have that link. To her book in the show notes. I've also included some learning from some of my friends like Sheila Whitescorn, certified intuitive life coach. And you may remember her. She's been on the show several times and has something to say about living in alignment. And I'll have her contact info in the show notes as well. And I'll take a look at Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk, who also has something to say about forgiveness. Enjoy the listen. In her book, Dr. Eileen starts with a quote from Nelson Mandela. Quote, As I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. End quote. In the Forgiveness Workbook by Eileen S. Cohen, Ph.D., she states that forgiveness is a way to connect, especially when we've been wronged. Forgiveness is intended to restore those severed connections. Quote, when we've been hurt by others, our initial reactions are often fueled by anger, resentment, or vengeance. We justify our responses. We were the ones who suffered after all. By using anger to create a shield of comfort, we instead trap ourselves in a room of our own anxieties, denying ourselves true source of healing, end quote. Jay Shetty says forgiveness is a two-way street. He says, quote, while there are times we are blameless, but other times there were missteps on both sides. And when we forgive, we begin to see if and where we need to take responsibility for what we create in our lives. He also says, when we wrap our heads around the fact that we can't undo the past, we begin to accept our own imperfections and mistakes. 
forgive others, and in doing so, open ourselves up to emotional healing we all yearn for. End quote. Dr. Eileen states that she learned that forgiveness doesn't come easily and doesn't come with anger, shame, resentment, or anxiety. Rather, it brings a sense of peaceful acceptance and the liberating ability to let go of our pain. She says people looking for a way to forgive someone who has wronged them are also looking for a way to forgive themselves. That I thought was super interesting because I tend to always think about the other person and not so much about myself. As I started to think about it, I could see that we can let go by forgiving ourselves. And I do that now by writing. I'm very big into journaling. And that helps me see the wholeness, just some automatic writing, just getting it out, just not even worrying about anything, punctuation, spelling or anything, just writing. And what I get to are some underlying beliefs that I can question and understand about the other. And then I can do a little Byron Katie work on them, which we covered in episode 38 on Envy, or some kind of ritual, like writing a letter and then burning it. Dr. Eileen believes we're missing the map and that sometimes we don't know how to forgive, which is why she wrote the book. So what does forgiveness mean? She says, first and foremost, it's a process and it means making the conscious effort to let go of something hurtful that happened to you by releasing negative thought patterns, anger, resentment, or pain. We are making the active choice to no longer suffer from the harm that was done to us. So it's freedom, freedom from the past so that no longer define us as a victim. They become opportunities to grow, she says, and reclaim our own power and have our own agency. As Gabor Mate says in his book, The Myth of Normal, the exercise of agency is powerfully healing. An agency does mean having some choice around who and how we be in life, what parts of ourselves we identify with and act from. It's a self-bestowed right to evaluate things freely and fully and to choose based on authentic gut feelings, deferring to neither the world's expectations nor the dictates of ingrained personal conditioning. Dr. Eileen states that she found that until we can be honest with ourselves and find self-forgiveness, we can't forgive others. The harder we are on ourselves, the more critical and less understanding we are of others. Hmm. So why does forgiveness matter? And I think number one, we can all relate to it. It affects our body. You know, when we can't forgive, our brain releases cortisol, the stress hormone. If this happens regularly, it can raise our blood cholesterol, triglycerides, blood sugar, and blood pressure, increasing our risk for heart disease and other issues. Forgiveness helps us calm down and provides us with new perspectives, clarity, and objectivity In our very first episode, we talked about giving ourselves time when there's been a surprise attack. Going through the process of forgiving 
can help us see a balanced perspective of the situation. It can help us clear our mind. We'll have less guilt and shame about what we believe, how we feel. I think this comes from practicing forgiveness over and over again. It helps normalize the process and improves our ability to express ourselves and create intimacy. Dr. Eileen also states, it makes us more resilient. Aha! I thought that might be the case because the process we have of compassion and empathy, this kind of vulnerability makes us stronger, not weaker. And I can also see that without going through an internal examination of ourselves, we can't see the whole picture. She says, when we say goodbye to anger, we can finally say hello to ourselves, making room to create a more defined sense of who you want to be, which sounds really lovely. Gabor Mate says, it's hard to pin authenticity down. It's not a concept, but something lived, experienced, basked in. Most of the time, you know it when it's there. And maybe there's another way to look at forgiveness as a way of living our life in alignment. And Sheila Whitescorn offers us these thoughts. Forgiveness and alignment are both topic. Everyone is learning them and it's a lifelong process but there is an important link to them. You know, part of being in alignment is establishing what I call a daily alignment check-in is asking myself, what is it? What is my soul assignment today? What is the inner work that is required for me to feel my best? And often part of that is often might be something around forgiveness. And how do we know if we're in alignment? Well, we can tell by the way it feels. When we're feeling good and it things flow, that means we're in alignment. When we are not feeling so good, there's a nudge, you know, something isn't quite right. That is a sign. It's time to do an alignment check-in. And I actually recommend doing an alignment check-in every day. I happen to do mine in the mornings. Here are five things you can do to align with your higher self for a better quality of life. One, define who you'd be if you were being your authentic self. Two, ask for inner guidance. Three, pay attention to what's happening around you. Four, let go of any preconceived plans or ideas of how things should be. Five, find the right support for you. One of my favorite practices is establishing a daily alignment check-in. And that really is like three steps. Number one, Connect with your soul or your highest self, and then listen to what it is telling you to do. And then notice the nudges, the signs, signals, and synchronicities, and then take inspired action. It takes some inner work and discipline to ensure your beliefs, words, and actions match your soul's higher purpose. Asking yourself what is no longer aligned or needs to change. You can kind of go through the different pillars in your life, career pillar, checking in with that, and then relationships, health and well-being. So you're looking in on the different areas. Okay, let's talk courage for a moment. A lot of us have things that can be very hard to even admit that we were hurt and not sure what to do, but want to find a way to forgive. 
this takes real courage because we find our way through and find a way to forgive anyway. I found it takes time. Like when I think of the person, what comes up is, in my case, hurt, blame, resentment, and a little anger sprinkled on top. So checking in with myself can help me see if I'm ready to forgive. Dr. Eileen offers us this checklist, and you might want to track by counting the number of times you would check yes into the box. And I'm going to do the same, and I'm going to have a recent happening with a difficult family member who has done a hurtful thing in my mind. Here's her checklist. I will make sure that person faces consequences for what was done to me. I will avoid that person at all costs. I wish bad things upon that person. I wish and act like that person didn't exist. I will never trust that person again. I think that person should feel the same pain I feel. And I will never be kind to that person again. I do not want to see that person. I often think about how I can get even. I am relieved that I cut that person out of my life. I would like to see that person live an unhappy life. So here's the scoring. If you scored between one and five, which is where I fell, you're open to forgiveness and still have a tough time practicing it. And if you scored six or more, you find it really hard to forgive and there's some empathy exercises she outlines that you might wanna consider. So here are the stages of forgiveness Dr. Eileen outlines and which could be adapted to your situation. Okay, so stage one, identification. Recognize the source of your pain and anger, and that helps us to get to the root of it. This is where journaling, breathing, meditation, all of these things can be super helpful. Stage two, acknowledgement. Understand what your pain looks like. Is it anger? In my case, it was real disappointment. It was sadness, deep sadness. Admitting the impact can be a confusing process and we can mix up reactions and our feelings. We can blame our emotions and want to avoid and deny some of them, or in my case, eat over them, which was always my go-to reaction. I wanna give a shout out to Andrea DeWitt, who was featured in episode 48, who talked about the importance of naming our pain in her book, Name, Claim, and Reframe. Dr. Eileen says, that when validating our feelings without judgment, we are less likely to retaliate when we genuinely feel acknowledged and safe within ourselves. It's easier to work through the pain. And I think naming and acknowledging is definitely part of that. Here is her checklist about the ways that might help you acknowledge your pain. Just listen to it. Don't try to fix anything. Don't minimize or disregard your feelings. Don't offer yourself advice on how to pep up. Don't think about how it could be worse. I do that one all the time. (laughs) I see now that that's a real form of minimizing what did happen. Keep my feelings confidential until I sort through them. And that probably has to do with so that I can identify my own thoughts about things before I get input from others. Empathize with myself. That would mean giving myself a big hug 
when doing my shoulder stretches <laughs> or yoga poses. I'll put these in the show notes in case it's helpful. Dr. Eileen states that one of the benefits of owning our pain is that it allows us to rewrite our narrative so we can see what's possible in the present and future. I see this as a way to break cycles of dealing with hurt that may have come through the family lines. We can't change the facts of what happened, but we can change the way those facts are manifested in our life. Maybe this is where we begin to see gratitude. Dr. Eileen calls it finding the silver linings. And the writing prompts in the workbook really help you uncover some of those beliefs and doing turnarounds as we did in episode 38 can help you see it with a different angle or a different point of view. Stage three, empathy. Oh, what I could see here was that she, in my case, the family member was doing the best she could and she was only doing what she had learned from her own family. Dr. Eileen states that compassion and empathy allow forgiveness to be possible and that when we empathize, we can understand that had we lived a different life, we might have made the same choices as those who have wronged us. And this can open us up to healing, peace, and harmony. As I stated, there are writing prompts, and one of them I really liked, I thought I could share here. And it's about pursuing compassion and empathy and taking away the power from the person or people who hurt us. So the question would be, what would be different in your life if things didn't have that power over you? And in my situation, I saw a life that was peaceful and having confidence that I was good enough, even though this person doesn't think I am. I could be my own person. And that this is where self-kindness kicks in and builds a strong foundation with our personal brand. (laughs) And we talked about that in episode 52, that the five questions we need to explore to know ourselves. And those were what makes us, us? What is our purpose, our mission, our superpower, our motivation? Oh, nice to be open to all of that. Stage four, self-forgiveness. And this is where we need to recognize that we did nothing wrong and we learn that we didn't deserve to be hurt and that it's not our fault. Hmm. In my case, I kept thinking I must have done something wrong. It had to be my fault. And how she was punishing me was deserved. But as I wrote, I could see it wasn't. It was her thing to be hurtful, not mine. This is where shame pops up, which affects us in so many ways. And as a reminder, guilt is something we did while shame is where we're just bad. I know in my case, shame showed up as being a bad person who others would look at and blame me for their anger. So great to be lifted from that. And I realize how they feel about me is on them, not on me. Stage five, release. Ah, the stage of letting go of anger and resentment. 
Because these emotions live in our body, some body work and breath work I have found to be super important. When we choose to let go of the hurt and anger, we're making a conscious effort to release ourselves from the hold that others have had on us. You can let it go and take back your power. One thing I wish wasn't so, I wish I could forget. (laughs) But there's a quote to inspire us by Jack Kornfield that Dr. Eileen included in her book. Quote, to let go does not mean to get rid of. To let go means to let be. When we let be with compassion, things come and go on their own. End quote. Hmm. And you know, one thing I can say, when I did forgive, I saw an increase in my confidence, maybe a self-esteem boost, and can celebrate ourselves. I saw this in my case when I had a conversation recently with that difficult family person and held my own and let go of the resentment and could authentically be on the call with her. And I celebrated. I celebrated not being hooked and could have compassion and empathy for her. And stage six, the last one, reflection. And this is the final stage where we can see the role forgiveness has in our personal growth. So this is where gratitude shows up. And in my case, I could see this person gave a gift to me, telling me what they did. And I could process and work on it. And I could be grateful for that. My 2023 word is intentional. And I can see how living on purpose, determining my values and principles, setting boundaries, boosting my self-esteem and practicing gratefulness helps me live an intentional life. And I can trust myself that when it happens again, I have a process I can go through to see what's going on because it's sure to happen again. And I wish the same for you all. I hope this was helpful. And thank you so much for being here to listen. We sure hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join our public Facebook group, Girl Take the Lead, or visit our website, girltaketheleadpod.com. You can also email me at yo at yocanny.com. I'd love to hear from you. Next week, Whitney Baker will be our guest. Whitney is a fellow podcaster, and she is founder of her company, Electric Ideas, with the mission of lighting women up with a new sense of possibility. Through her workshops and other program offerings, she helps women around the globe connect with their inner knowing and move past feeling stuck. Her podcast, where she discusses ideas and practices to help women come home to themselves and live with greater intention. We had a great conversation and covered some great topics like work-life balance and asking for help. Topics I often hear can trip us up. I hope you'll join me again for this. And thanks for being here. Talk to you soon. Bye.